It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Hello everyone, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host Chucky G and the lovely Karen Frazier. Hope and, we are a good night. Indeed, Hi, and we are indeed sitting in the dark. All three of us <laughs> lights off, we can't see a thing. That's right, we're totally pitch black tonight folks, it's a new way of doing the show. No, That's we're just right, kidding. sensory deprivation. <laughs> yeah, we have things in our eyes, things in our ears, we can't we're even hear. We're doing that, what's that experiment with the ping pong balls, and then they oh, put yeah. the, the, like, the yeah. gons filled or something like that? That's that's what we should do. There you go. Sensory deprivation, and we just wouldn't, it would be the worst show ever, because I wouldn't know what you're saying, you wouldn't know what I'm saying. It might be actually humorous. Could be entertaining. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's new, Karen? Anything you'd like to chat about today? <laughs> so, I, I, I shocked Cheryl and, uh, Cheryl and Chuck this evening because I said, I have things I want to talk about. And they were both like, <laughs> what? Say what? That's right. I'm not winging it on the show. I have things, but now I forgot what I wanted to talk about. Uh, something about uh, some documentary coming out. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know Seth Michael, who's been on our show more than once, He's doing a documentary, and it's called All Around Us, the All Around Us documentary. And it's looking at an inside look at his life as a psychic medium. But they're also talking to other psychic mediums, including me, in the documentary. Well, okay. so they're raising funds on Kickstarter right now. And um, it's just because it's, a, it's an independent film, and they want to enter it in film festivals and things like that. So, uh, you know, if you like to support projects like this, I really think that this is going to be a good one for several reasons. A, Seth Michael is the real deal. Mm -hmm. uh, B, he is one of the most humble but real people you'll ever meet. And C, it's, it's uh, going to educate people about psychic medium stuff that's not the um, out there Long Island medium, go up to people in the grocery store. It's really more intimate than that. It's a look at how... Um, just how it affects our lives and how we help in the world. And it can help people who are struggling with learning new abilities. It can help people who maybe are looking to go to a psychic medium. So it, I just think it's going to be a really excellent documentary. So, uh, you know, if you're on Kickstarter and you're just looking for a place to spend money, look for All Around Us documentary. And um, nice. we actually have met our funding goal, but we're we're hoping to go above that just so because that was for the very basics to make the film. Okay. And, you know, so that it would cover post-production and, and things like that. None of us are being paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're just all doing it. It's darn, a, darn it's an it. Act, no, it's an act of love. And so I'm really excited that they asked me to participate in that. And I'm really proud of that. So awesome. um, and I think it's going to be a great project because Seth is somebody that I'm just behind 100%. That's cool. I think yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking so forward to seeing the final project to see what it turns out to be. I find, it's funny that you mention that because I – I thought about it, uh, not the documentary, but just in Chuck, this isn't going well. This We're is what I, Chuck, you know what, I mean? what? what I heard is, I'm thinking about it just in That's oh. what I, is that what you heard too, Cheryl? 
Yeah. What is going on with the Skype tonight, man? I got all the bars on my, my PC here. I don't know. Let's try it again. So you thought about that, but just in general, yes. I think okay. you're going to say in general. You say in general. I'm going to try not to sound drunk. Okay. Okay. So I said in general, it's interesting that you don't get asked a lot being hosts on the show to be guests on the show. That's what I was talking about. Oh, well, yeah, like I, I, I do show, when I have a new so. I do when I have a new book out or something. Oh, okay. No, I was just curious, you know, because it's I like do, I like I that. It's fun. Radio, yeah, I do radio shows as guests. Um but you know, probably people have heard enough of us. <laughs> is that what it is? There's a true statement, folks. Nobody wants to hear my stinking voice after this. Yes. And so I wanna just because I am like pluggy McGee this evening, I wanna plug something else as well. Go ahead, plug away. All plug right, that so hole. coming. That kind of sounds dirty. What? Did it sound dirty, Cheryl? Uh, I'm yes. sorry. Oh, the two women have the bad minds around here. I'm the guy. I was being really, you know. Go ahead, just continue. All right. Um. So yes. in April, yeah. April first through third yeah. is the Oregon Ghost Conference. Oh. And I know that a lot of our listeners are not from this area. They are not from the West Coast. But I think you should get your butts on planes and fly out here because it is the greatest <laughs> conference. We have the best paranormal community in the world out here, and I totally mean that. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we have great speakers. It's a three-day, full three-day event. There are speakers. There are classes. There are panels. There are um, you know, presenters, like people who have booths and stuff. Um, so you can spend three days immersed in the paranormal. And this is what's really cool about it. Now, this is why some people don't think it's worth flying out to, probably, but I totally do. It is not a paranormal TV people paraconference. This is a paraconference of people who are in the trenches doing this stuff, doing research, learning every day. It's, it's, um, it's you know, not that the paranormal TV people aren't real paranormal people, because yes. they are. They're lovely, and, and some yes. of them are my friends. Yes. But this is this is the people who are working in the paranormal, and the presenters are all super qualified. I'm speaking um, on Friday. I'm doing a dream interpretation talk, Ooh. which should be a lot of fun. On Saturday, I'm teaching an energy healing class. Okay. Um, and then there's also, I'm going to be on two panels, I think, like Paranormal History and... Um, the authors, the paranormal authors panel, but I, that's just, I mean, so I'm doing a few of these things, but it's more than me. You sh I mean, I'm worth the price of admission. I'll just tell you that now, <laughs> but there's more than me. And here's the other thing. It's in seaside Oregon. So it's like a little seaside vacation and people can come out. Bob, for instance, from spectral tech would be fantastic. Bob Fountain, um, or Jess, you know, come out, uh, Patty, Patty from SSPR will be there. Everybody wants to be Patty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Chuck. I'm trying to get Chuck out, but yes, so it's are. not. If you get tired of Ghost Conference, you don't have to stay there. It's also on the ocean, uh, in a little seaside town. You can go play on the ocean. You can go to the marina and feed the seals. Your hand will smell like fish for the rest of the day, but that's okay. <laughs> so how do you do it? Like when you go down there. With your, you know, from your home, do you just like stay somewhere for the three days? Yeah, yeah, we stay down there for the three days. And if you are afraid to fly, you could take a train. See? Oh, Tom says, I have a guest pass, Chuck. Yeah, I know. He's like trying to, he's like, I'll help you get, yeah, because he works for the airport, so he could probably give me a really, yeah. We have well, guest see, 
we could work it out. We could room you with somebody uh, if it's a if it's a issue. Are you? Is it too soon to get on a, a plane again? Uh, I don't know about the well. The plane ride wouldn't be so bad. It just um, I don't know about you know. I don't know if I can afford like you know staying somewhere and all that kind of stuff. But what if you roomed with somebody and you split the cost of a hotel room with somebody? I suppose I could. Depends. We have friends out about. here. I'm just saying, there's stuff okay. that I'm sure that we could make work. Okay. I'll That's all that. I'm saying. All right, I'll keep that in mind. And I think Cheryl and, and Chad should come out as well. But Cheryl says they spent all their money on concerts and stuff. Ah, oh, come on. If I, if I have to go, then you guys I'm have. just saying that, look, um, you know, it's a great conference. You would get to meet a ton of people who have been guests yeah. on this show. And we can represent Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Or there just Paranormal go. Underground, the Magazag. That's right. what I'm calling it now. Magazag? Is that how That's it was? Right. The <laughs> Magazag. <laughs> I have decided that I am, in, you know how we were talking before the show that I tend to be kind of awkward, right? Mm -hmm. So I've decided that it would be very cool if I could like izzle-izzle my sizzle-izzle my language. So it's the Magazag. Gotcha. <laughs> Did that Sorry. make me less awkward? No. No, it didn't. No, it made you seem a little more <laughs> awkward, actually. <laughs> no, and if I'm going, I'm representing the radio, too, man. This show is important. This is a well, good I mean, show. Both of them, though. We could represent right. both. Yes. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Yes, I agree. That's I agree. What I'm talking about. I know. I saw your big, bright eyes looking at me. I got it. Okay. So, um, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to plug? That wasn't so much a plug as an invitation. Well, no, I'm just saying, is there anything else you want to share? Just making yeah. sure before we go to... Yeah, I've got a new book coming out, but we can talk about that when it's available. Just okay. be ready. Be ready. Somebody, okay. uh, two people have, two people so far have read it. Well, three mm. if you count Jim. Mm. One of them is you. One mm. of them is Bob. Very, very good book, too. There That's you go. I'm going to say any more. Okay. All right. Cheryl, I believe this is time. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder. It's time for news of the strange and the All righty. It is time again for the wonderful news of the strange and the odd. And tonight, I'm just kind of going lighthearted, but this was kind of funny. This one I found because I, I saw the picture and I was like, what the heck is that picture? It says, Snorkeler finds two skeletons tied to lawn chairs. Okay. In the water. Underneath the water. Okay. A snorkeler, of course, which shocked after encountering two skeletons under the Colorado River on Monday. Only later did he find out the sunglass-wearing skeletons enjoying a little tea party were fake. After capturing details of the skeletons using a head-mounted camera, the man reported what he thought were two dead bodies to the La Paz County Sheriff's Office in Arizona. Uh, they searched for the remains at the bottom of the Colorado River near California. What they found were two plastic skeletons sitting in long chairs held down by rocks. One of the skeletons was holding a sign that had the word Bernie on it. Okay, so, of course, Bernie on it was, it was dating back to August 16, 2014, which may have been when the skeletons were put there. The partially legible sign may have been a reference to the 89 classic movie Weekend at Bernie's, where the two characters carried around their dead bosses. Lieutenant Curtis Bagby told one source, I don't think they were trying to set anything up to scare anyone. I think they were just trying to be funny. The police don't intend to investigate the prank. However, they said after recovering the skeletons, they might display them outside the office because things like that are just fun. So it's could a you hoax. Imagine, like, 
Can't you imagine like swimming and all of a sudden you see like two skeletons? I'd be thinking mob right away. You know? that's what I'd yeah, that's a little creepy, but it all turned out okay mm -hmm. because it yes, was nobody dead. Nobody did. Okay, so here's here's one. We've, we've talked about this before. We touched on this subject, but I wanted to bring this up, okay? Portal to Evil or Harmless Game. And this is by uh, Stephen Wagner from Paranormal.about.com. All right. There's an ongoing debate whether within the paranormal community about the powers and realities of the Ouija board. Especially, essentially, there are three basic positions. One, it is inherently dangerous, can open portals to evil entities, and should never be used. Two, it is only dangerous if used with evil intent, but can be a useful tool for spirit mediumship if used properly and with good intent. And three, it is inherently harmless and has no real powers of mediumship for good or evil. Its effects, if any, are only psychological in nature. All right, now it says, which is true? Talk to any group of people and you'll find strong proponents for each argument. A few years ago, a survey of what was done on, was done on the subject. It results show that 65% felt the Ouija was dangerous. 35% felt it was harmless. As expected, most religious leaders are strongly anti-Ouija. More interesting, however, is that many of the top paranormal researchers believe the Ouija could be a dangerous instrument to be avoided at all costs. Brad Steiger, one of the most prolific authors on matters supernatural, has consistently stated his opposition to use or even the ownership of a Ouija board in his article, Mothers Don't Let Your Children Grow Up to Play with Ouija Boards. Steiger recounts his investigation of a 17-year-old girl who began experimenting with the Ouija with dire consequences. She thought she had the knowledge to contact spirit entities through the board, Steiger writes, but unfortunately she had neglected to assume a prayerful attitude to guard against malignant influences. Two, I know this guy, Dale Kazmarek, founder of Ghost Research Society out here in Illinois, um, says, I would strongly advise against the use of the Ouija automatic writing or seances in his article, Ouija, Not a Game. Most often the spirits whom are contacted through the Ouija are those who reside on the lower astral plane. One of the most respected paranormal investigators of the past 50 years, the late Hans Holzer, added his voice in warning against the Ouija. Uh, in the book, uh, the Ouija Board, a, a Doorway to the Occult, author Edmund C. Gruss quotes Holzer as saying, Those who wish to use the Ouija Board as a parlor game, I advise to think twice. There is also the poss always the possibility, rare, I admit, but conceivably, that one of those playing boards is a genuine trans, uh, one of those playing the board is a genuine trance medium without realizing it. In such a case, the board can become an easy entrance for discarnate persons who might next take over the personality of the medium and manifest under conditions where no control is possible. Though, on the other hand, there are many who feel it is not the doorway to evil entities at all. I guess for now, the debate will continue. So, your thoughts. What, what, are, what are your feelings on this? Well, isn't that remarkably prescient, Cheryl? That he's talking about the Ouija board? Oh, yes, because our very own K-Fraz has an article in the next issue about it. Well, well, well. So... What is your feelings on the subject? If you could summarize without saying too much about your whole article, but I mean, well, you know. my my article is actually focused at parents of kids who want to play with a Ouija board. Um, okay. Because I actually had a friend contact me the day after Christmas and say that her daughter's best friend had received her thirteen-year-old daughter's best friend had received a Ouija board for Christmas, and she was okay. all worried about it and stuff. So it's actually focusing on that, and it's it's basically sharing the advice that I, I gave my friend Michelle. Um, so with that being said, 
I think that if you, what I told my friend to tell her daughter is that if you use a device to contact the other side, you had better be prepared to have contact with the other side. Now, most of the time, you're probably not going to have it, but it is not a game. Um, but it's not this horrible, dangerous thing that people have made out easy either, and that you just need to listen to your intuition and be smart about what you do. And this includes 12 and 13 year old girls. If you feel like it's, if you feel, if you have any uncomfortable feeling at all, you need to close it out and walk away. There you go. And there you have it, folks. I, I, I think the same way. Uh, I, I kind of actually have the same thought process as you do that, you know, it's all. I mean, it's really the intent of the user. And, yeah, if you're going to try to talk to someone on the other side, you got to expect that someone's going to talk back. I mean, yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. When we were kids, I have a Ouija board. I've used oh, yeah. Ouija boards. When we were mm -hmm. kids, um, we played with Ouija boards. We had seances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We did all of that stuff. When the Ouija board, and I actually wrote another article about the history of the Ouija board for Paranormal Underground Magazine. I don't even remember when. Yeah. Um, several years ago now. And um, we, you know, I, the, it, this all started, this evil Ouija board idea. The Ouija boards were used for decades before the movie The Exorcist came out. And when the movie The Exorcist came out, she was right. possessed by Captain Howdy, who she was talking to in the Ouija board. And this is where people really started to develop this fear of the Ouija board, specifically as opposed to mm -hmm. a fear of communicating with the other side, which, you know, some people are always going to be afraid of that. Um so you just have to be smart. Okay. All right. Um, uh, and the last one I have really quick was scientists grow. This is kind of interesting because they say scientists grow working vocal cords. Okay. The breakthrough could make it possible for people who can't speak to undergo a voice transplant. Scientists have for the first time succeeded in growing human vocal cords in a laboratory, an achievement that could provide hope to thousands of people who have lost the ability to speak. Uh, the cords, which can make sounds very much like those of a natural human voice box, were produced under two types of cells grown about a special in a special biological scaffold. Um, our vocal cords are made up of special tissue that has to be flexible enough to vibrate, yet strong enough to bang together hundreds of thousands of times per second. Um, uh, it is an exquisite system and hard. It's the hard thing, of course, to replicate. The scientists behind the breakthrough are hoping to make a variety of synthetic vocal cords. Uh, Available to treat patients from a range of different vocal defects. Part of the advantage of using an engineered tissue is that we can customize the size and make the tissue to fit the defect and also fit the size of the vocal cord in the male or female or the child that would be the recipient. So I thought that was kind of cool, actually. That we can it, it is. And as somebody who has had uh, a vocal cord injury and mm -hmm. has um, just kind of chronically injured vocal cords because of my years as um, – an aerobics instructor back in the days before they used microphones. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's really so cool. Cheryl says the other Ouija board article was in the August of 2010 issue. The Ouija board, a portal to the spirit world was what it was called. Hey, I just thought of something. This is very important. So we are actually this week celebrating two anniversaries. First of all, happy anniversary to you, Chuck. You've been with us a year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a good year. And happy anniversary <laughs> yes. to the show because, Cheryl, I discovered by looking back at my Facebook memories on like maybe Monday or Tuesday, we recorded that first show. Do you remember, Cheryl, was it 2009? It was. Yeah, 2009. 
So uh, that was Monday. Monday was the uh, seventh anniversary of the show. We've been on for seven years. Wow. Crazy. I know. All these anniversaries, and we have a, a guest tonight, Pamela K. Kinney, the author of Paranormal Petersburg, Virginia, and the Tri-City area, Tri-Cities area, as well as like Haunted Richmond, Haunted Richmond 2, Haunted Virginia, Legends of Mr. True Tales, and a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of other books. So look at she gets to join us on anniversary night. Look at that. Oh, it's anniversary night. I know. Well, I was yeah. really surprised because we had just been talking about that we couldn't remember exactly when we started the podcast. And yeah, the very first podcast with Stanton Friedman was uh, like seven years ago, like on Monday. That's and so then cool. you and were I, uh, set, or one year ago yesterday. Yeah, and I've been. This is uh, two years for me on air. Yeah. Dose, dose years. <laughs> Excuse me, and you know that's okay. Yes. Always gotta, always gotta say, you can't do it without Cheryl and Chad. And shout out to our listeners because some of you have been with us since the beginning. And for all the people who have been guests or guest hosts or just popped on the show or called in, I mean, you know, we started out and we were a little rough. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, um, we got better as we went along, I hope. And um, it's been a good seven years and a good last year of the seven years. It's been yes. fun. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank uh, Karen. I want to go back and thank Rick Hale, Chuck yeah, Rick. For, for joining us. I want to thank Chad for always being supportive and being our chat room shenanigan guy um all of our guests all of our listeners i i can't personally thank you guys enough oh, that's right that's right well, without you man without pushing those buttons and flipping those switches we'd be it done. would not happen <laughs> that's right that's right because it'd be, it'd be dead air you guys because know, as you know we are incapable seven, of doing these things seven years <laughs> later and i still give you guys some dead air every now and then and so you know, yeah. hey. Yeah. Well, I think like the Keep first the first year or so, we were just a podcast, right? And we, we did like we maybe only did like twelve podcasts in the first year because we Sounds about right. they were a little longer. We'd do them for about three hours, and um, the format was different, and you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's been something and I was really happy when we went to the live show and, and Cheryl took over as producer because I produced the podcast and that was a lot of work a little work yeah a lot of work <laughs> okay so, so you're the producer first and then I flipped over to Cheryl I see yeah I yeah yeah so and Cheryl I and I, I mentioned this on my Facebook but for those of you who are on my Facebook page um and you can be author Karen Frazier is my Facebook page you know mm -hmm. so you can find me and friend me or not friend me you have to follow that one I'm Karen Frazier on my regular page you, oh, you know, your friend, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mentioned that Cheryl has asked almost every show. She stopped asking. But in the beginning, almost every show for seven years, she would say, please don't put me on the air. <laughs> and it became my mission to make sure she was on the sh air for every show. And she does just fine, right? Uh, I didn't even know. I didn't know that because when I started my show before this, I made she had to come on. Oh, she we had her broken in by then, but I, for the first oh, couple years, I'm supposed to be in the background. You know, okay, man, we gotta bring you. No, forward. producers uh -huh. are. A, you're an on-air producer. Right. Well, I have That's loads of fun to, actually. So it's what you need to put on your resume is that you are the on-air yes, producer. There you go. That's yeah. right. Well, well, see, Bob, Bob says, says, Yeah, go ahead. Bob says Cheryl would make a good host. Which one of <laughs> us go. would you like her to replace Bob? I paid. I paid Bob to say that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down now. Cheryl, take over. Uh, 
That was, that was a deer in the headlights. We, have, we have had that a I've few times. I've mean, actually hosted some shows before. Yeah, we've had lots of technical difficulties over the year. And it's never Cheryl. It's always, we, we blame, you know, Skype. Skype. Usually. It's yeah. Skype. It's Skype. Skype. Just not, today it happened when I went, I just said, Yeah, and yeah. we've had, you know, those awkward moments where you have to jump in and um, take over really quickly. And Cheryl's always been good that, with that. And poor Cheryl, for the first the first several times when we used to get kicked off with Skype, she would always say to us, like, when we weren't on there, okay, guys, now if we get kicked off, just keep talking If <laughs> when we come back on. And just, you know. And there were a few times where I would get on back on after we'd be kicked off and I'd start to talk and Cheryl would be like, um, we're still on the air. <laughs> <laughs> They yeah, I'll hear that. you. Yeah, or I'd be saying stuff, and then you, and then you, you guys are like, ah, we didn't hear the last part of that whole news thing. I don't know what you were saying, but we couldn't even hear. You. Like, oh, wonderful. You know, it's not perfect. Um, there are challenges with doing a live radio show on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think if you ever go back and listen to our first podcast with Stanton Friedman, you will genuinely see how far we have come. <laughs> Okay. Yes. There you go. Yes, and it's up. The podcast is up online. It's on. Um, it's on both iTunes and Podbean. Just search those two venues for Paranormal Underground Radio. That's right. And if you listen to the first six months of live shows when I was on the Percocet because I had the kidney stone for six months, those were probably a little rough too. So we've gotten better at the live shows as well. Yes. Yeah. God, thank God. Mine. My first years aren't early up because I listened to the first show and it sounds like I'm on speed. <laughs> well, totally with me awesome. with me on the Percocet, uh, yeah. basically what the Percocet did, other than make me not give a crap that I was in pain, because it doesn't take pain <laughs> away, it just makes you not care, is it yeah. took away my filters. And I tend to be reasonably unfiltered anyway, so you can imagine how those first several shows were. <laughs> take one, take one at break, come on! No, oh, I don't have any. That's <laughs> Cheryl's like, no. no. <laughs> oh, come on. It'd be so much fun. No. Especially with me here now. Come on. Oh, okay, I don't think. I, I, I like to think that I'm a different person than unfiltered Karen was. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So let's do this. Let's go to break because we are going to be talking, it sounds like, about like the haunted East Coast. And yeah. that's pretty darn exciting. So stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. 
I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio? Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host Karen Frazier for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. I'm MixLR with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, the lovely Chucky G. Hi, Karen. Hi, the lovely and talented Chucky G. Why, thank you. And we are have been graciously uh, waiting to speak to our wonderful guest, Miss Pamela K. Kinney. And she's with us. Hi, Pamela. How are you? Hi, how are you doing, too? I'm doing fine, just waiting for a big storm to hit us. I know. It looks like it's, do you think it's going to be as, is it, will it be as bad as they say it is, do you think? I don't know. Sometimes we've had big snows and other times nothing happens, but they all seem positive everywhere they go, so we'll wait and see, I guess. Well, good luck. Stay warm. That's our advice to you. Right. Hey, now I know that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead. I was just going to say we you were we you wanted to you mentioned that you heard us at the top of the show talking about the Ouija board. So before we get into your books and stuff, I thought maybe you would share because you say you have an opinion about the Ouija board and a story. Okay. Yes. Well, number one, I always think that when you buy a Ouija board, and I had one too. I mean, you don't think of anything when you're a teenager. You buy it's in the toys section of the toy store, which just shows it right there what they think it is. And, of course, you don't think about protection, and I don't think a lot of kids do. They don't think about, oh, let's do a prayer beforehand before we call up the ghost and all that. They probably, a lot of them think it's it's fake as heck anyway, and so they don't know when they have things happen, it happens. And but the one that I had, my friend, uh, her name was Kathy, and I were went to her house one day, and we were asking. And the one question I did ask was the name of anybody I was going to marry. You asked that. That's obviously the big thing with dumb teenage girl, I was 17, <laughs> and it gave me the name of two guys I would marry. I said, I'll be married twice. And I said, okay. And I said, who are they? And the first name was Jim. The second name was Bill. Well, yeah, I was married to a Jim. We're divorced. We divorced really quick. It was, and, they, and then um, the second one, I said it was Bill. 
Well, yeah. I've been married to Bill since 1977, so. Ooh, so see, the Ouija board does sometimes speak the truth. And the funny thing is, I don't know what happened to it over the years. My mother could have threw it away. I mean, I didn't have it. And, and you know what? Nothing bad has ever followed me with it, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's just like anything else that you use. Uh, you know, as paranormal investigators, we use our, we do EVP sessions. And I think that when you attempt to communicate that sometimes spirits attach themselves to you and, um, or sometimes spirits follow you home and you just need to have the tools to deal with that. And so it isn't a toy and you need to be prepared for things, but I also don't think it's necessarily evil. So No, I don't think, it, I think it's just anything else, how you handle and what people don't know, and I said a lot of kids probably think it's fake, and they don't know what they're doing. They just think it's a stupid game. Yeah, and you know, a lot of them it is a game, and that's one of the things that I actually mentioned to my friend who was worried about her daughter playing with it is, you know what, probably 90% of the time or even more teenagers playing with it, it's going to be one person who's trying to move the, move the planchette to the name of a boy she likes, you know, and... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, Chuck, you wanted to start off talking about the books, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure you guys can still hear me because it's getting all like weird on the table over here. So, um, okay. Uh, just so you know, too, uh, yeah, but for some reason, I hear a lot of breathing. I don't know if there's air, wind blowing on the, the phone or something, just to make sure that, that, that if there's a way to kind of back it up a little bit so we don't hear so much. Uh, but I had a question about. Um, uh, how you got into the paranormal? I always like to ask people, like, how did you get into the field? Okay, well, number one, I've always been what you call the word, I guess, psychic. It's in the family. I mean, uh, my mother would be the one, whether it's my father's side being Irish and Native American, he's never said much, but my mother has. I mean, she used to have, I know that she's told me a couple of dreams when I was a kid, well, as a kid and uh, later as an 18-year-old that actually came true, that you know, she that I at least the only dreams I know she told of. I'm sure she's had plenty more that actually came true. And she's seen my father, and I saw him, uh, when he passed away, and we had everything. So things like that, I've seen solid ghosts and all that over the uh, years. And now that I'm thinking about it, even as a kid, you know how most kids have the nightmare monsters that they hide from, and most have to have a light on. I was the opposite; oh, yeah. I had to have the dark figure, and the monster wouldn't find me. But now I'm wondering if I didn't see things, and that was just like so hide in the dark. But I've always had that. But yeah, a few years ago, my editor, who also writes fiction, got a job at um, Shipper uh, Publishing, and mm -hmm. she asked if any horror writers to were part of this group we were at, if wanted to write real ghost stories. And she said, because they were looking for people, and then she's willing to give everybody a chance. And I thought, well, you know, I've heard stories about which I'm living in California, and I thought, and I live here, and I know all the stuff here, so I kind of looked up a book proposal. I mean, that was totally different writing fiction. We sent it in and submitted it, wrote it up, submitted it, and they accepted it, and I wrote the first book on Richmond, Virginia, and it's been like that since. Uh, I joined a paranormal group after the first one came out. I just did it like I would do it normally. And I joined the group, and I learned about, you know, EVPs and stuff like that. And I started doing all that when I got equipment from each book onto this last one, which the last two, actually, the ghost book box is a lot, used a lot, and especially this last one. So, um, 
yeah, that's how I got into it. And I, I kind of used uh, my own investigations because, uh, or with a group of people with me that I know and trust, that um, so I can add to the book because people want to, they don't just want to read the history and the legends and interviews. They also want to know what you feel. So that's, mm-hmm. And it seems to be working. I thought was right, so... Okay, so so you're putting your own spin on it besides the the normal history and such, yeah. such as what you're saying. I mean, all this stuff. You get interviews from people, but you, you go there and, and and a lot of them have let me investigate. So that's cool. Nobody's so, turned I mean, very much. So what's your what's your take on what's your take on uh, the paranormal? I mean, like, wh- wh- how do you feel about it? Uh, well, I think there's probably all types. I mean. Uh, the intelligent ghost or uh, spirits that talk to you, and, and I have them talk to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's probably, like you said, the ones that mostly are just uh, like a, I guess I call it, I know you call it names, but I would think of it as a time loop. That's that's my opinion. And I kind of think okay. of the ones that we see that they do the same time, maybe each day or once a year or something mm-hmm. like that. I would think of that. To me, I always... Maybe I'm theorizing, and I could be wrong. But I mean, nobody's right about the paranormal. We don't know so much. I mean, it's another type of thing that nobody really knows so much that much about. But I, because I, I read science fictions and and stuff like that, and I keep thinking I call it a time loop. I wonder if we're not seeing maybe not really ghosts, but the ones that we see maybe once a day at a certain time or once a year. That maybe that uh, they're actually something that's really happening at that time. And maybe maybe we're getting a glimpse for a time warp, which hmm. would be interesting because I know that in one of my books, and actually in this last book, the one with Center Hill Mansion, the one big thing about that they're having actually having coming up this Sunday, they do it every year, is what the the soldiers that march in the house up and then back down again, and nobody died. Any of the soldiers came out. I know the Civil War soldier when the North took took it over after they mm-hmm. had gotten to Petersburg. Nobody right. died there, and the other one either. So if there's soldiers walking up there, none of the soldiers died in the house. So, you know, so, so it could be. So, maybe it's a so time. So why do you loop. think that is? Oh, I know. Uh-huh. Oh, you think it's a time? Okay, I got you. I, see yeah. I, I don't know. You know, so it's, 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 that's just a thought, a theory. I mean, you wonder. if You wonder if maybe sometimes people in the other times are seeing us. So, I mean, and mm-hmm. we think they're, right. they think they're ghosts or something. Yeah, maybe they're investigating us, huh? Yeah. Or, you know, just saying, oh, gee, I saw something, especially somebody in the past, you know, primitive, they don't have the same ideas as us, knowledge at this point, science science and stuff like that. And they might think, oh, my gosh, that person was dressed strangely, and it can't be from, you know, a normal thing. Who knows? I mean, it's just a theory. I could be wrong. Nobody's right, but that's just my theory anyway, so... Yeah, we all have them, don't we? Yeah. Well, so I, you know, you, you tend to hear when you hear things in haunt about hauntings in the United States. A lot of times, it takes place on the East Coast. Do you think that just with the East Coast's uh, longer history, history as far as uh, white settlers, that that's why you hear more of it, or am um, I just I think, is it just misperception? Uh, well, well, Virginia has the first civilization, and then they had Native Americans before that. I actually think California is also haunted. I grew up out there, so oh, you did, mm-hmm. and that actually has a pretty good post next to the of the of the Spanish, you know, settling there and everything else. So, 
Yeah. And both of them had the Indians and stuff like that. It, it goes way back, but we had the first civilization here. And of course, Jamestown is haunted. It's had stories on that island. And then the second one after that was in Rikers, which is near me. And, and it actually is really well haunted because I got to investigate that for my fourth book and uh, Haunted Richmond, too, with a group. And of course, the people working, a lot of them have seen things day or night. So. So I think, yeah, I think that that helps probably, especially Virginia. And, and that I read somewhere a long, long time ago, they actually were trying to say what well, was the most haunted state. They actually put Virginia as that. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it's got a lot of stuff here. You're saying that they said that was one of the most haunted states, Virginia? That's interesting. Yeah, somebody actually had it in a book somewhere. I can't remember where it was a long time ago, but it said that they, you know, they considered New Orleans the most haunted city. This is what this place did, uh, figured out. And they considered mm -hmm. Virginia the most haunted state. So Okay. Well, it interests me that you said that Jamestown is haunted. So you've been to Jamestown and investigated it? Uh, I didn't investigate. I walked through it. Uh, but there's been people, uh, it's kind of hard. Number one, it's owned, the, the real Jamestown, the real one actually is owned by the, um, the government, which is a, uh, it's a park, it's a national park. Right. And they're real fussy about nighttime or anything like that. Sure. Um, and then, of course, it's, you know, but their stories are already with it from other people. Uh, that you hear already, and there's been stories for a long time. Plus, the whole area, there's a, a one they made up, Jamestown, like an attraction. That's mm -hmm. Marconi and Williamsburg, and they told me they have had hauntings inside the building there. It's all in that area. The whole area is Jamestown. It's right by Williamsburg, Yorktown. So they, it's, yeah, it's pretty well haunted. Uh, the whole area is pretty well haunted. It's considered that they, you know, they say that everybody says, well, it's haunted, but everybody says, well, it's Williamsburg or it's James, like it's nothing to them out there. So, uh, well, see that, that very early, um, settle settlers history in America, that period fascinates me. So, so it's interesting. I, and I always wondered, I just was reading a book recently about Jamestown. I don't even remember what it was now, but about the early Jamestown settlement, not like the romanticized version that you often hear about Jane, Jamestown, but you know, the actual right. people died because well, you know, they, they were so sick and yeah, go ahead. They had people, they had people eating it. They're, they're dead. That was proven by a writer, a friend of mine, the one that uh, we did Paranormal Worlds, he's a co-producer, he uh, actually owns, uh, a, he's a videographer. He worked uh -huh. on a thing with Travel Channel there, and they were filming this guy through his book. He actually wrote a book on Jamestown, a lot of them, because they were starving there at one yeah, point. Yeah, they had They actually no ate the body, so we had all that going on. So it's, you know, that that's not a pretty piece of history right there, so... No, that's what I say. Most of what you hear about Jamestown is so romanticized. Um, and it was a pretty brutal place just for a lot of reasons, including the fact that, you know, it was this wild place that they were trying to settle with practically mud huts to start. So, yeah, it's fascinating. And it's not just uh, the, the 1600s. They had the Civil War there, fought there, Revolutionary War. There was a house that's still on there, left of it, a shell left. That uh, the ghost of the of the woman, that I guess the daughter of the house, still haunts the area. She's that's actually a big legend with her there, and that's on Jamestown too. So it's and it's got you know the old church that where Pocahontas is pictures up in it. So there's it's what's left of it, the original church that 
people actually went to. So there's there's a lot on Jamestown, the yeah. island itself. So yeah, didn't Pocahontas actually like marry some guy from that church? No, she married in Mauritius. We can actually actually verify that no matter what William Burke said, Jamestown says, she married in Arrakis. So, yeah, she married here in Arrakis. He came from Arrakis, her husband. Um, uh, actually, she was brought here as a prisoner. Uh, they traded, I guess, uh, in order to get Sir Thomas Raw, um, who, who uh, started Arrakis kind of made a deal with uh, the, the chief at the time, her father, and she was brought over there, and she was kind of taken under the wing of the um, they had a minister, and he kind of taught her English and obviously how to be civilized. You know, you understand what I mean, how they wanted her to be like. So right. that's, uh, she met the guy that she married there and had the son, and they, of course, from Harikas, they went to England at the point, and that's where she died. But, no, she, she got married in Harikas, so... Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk about, so your latest, your latest book is about what? Petersburg and the whole Tri-Cities area, which by the way, if you think Waynesburg is haunted in that whole area, Petersburg has got them beat. I really, really feel that's more haunted, more haunted. And I've had a lot of people kind of start to agree with me a lot. So. Okay. So what goes on there that, is I mean, why, why, what is it about it that makes you think it's that haunted? It started at the same time as, as Waynesburg, 1600s. They had Peter Jones trading post. They were trading there a lot. They ended up making it, it was, it wasn't quite called Petersburg in the beginning. They had a city there and they went on and changed it to Petersburg. Uh, they had the, of course, the Revolutionary War. I mean, it's called the Cockade City to begin with. Uh, then there was, of course, the 1800 War of 1812, and then some of their volunteers went to Canada to fight. Then there's, um, the, of course, Civil War. That's where they had the big battle and actually had the, the nine-month-long siege. So people, you know, were stuck there between the cannon fire from, you know, cannonballs being shot into there from uh, the north on the other side of the river and things like that. And they had slavery there. They had the first they had um, sold slavery. They had sold slaves on on one street. They had a actually there's an island, a, a little place nearby that actually was not only where the slaves lived a lot, but also became it still is the first uh, only African American settlement. It's still there, Pocahontas Island. So you know it's got all this stuff going on underground railroad. I mean. Ghost, <laughs> and somebody told me that works there on a historical society. He said he heard a story for at least an old town, Petersburg itself. This is like the original old town. Uh, he's heard a story for every building and quite a lot of the areas of the streets that that has a, a haunting, you know, or a ghost story. Well, it's like a boiling pot of all. It's like a boiling pot of all sorts of different things. Yeah, uh, it. It, it really is, and, and considering, I mean, not just there, but then you got the price, the rest of it, which is Colonial Heights nearby. You got Dinwiddie County, which is Petersburg, then Prince George mm -hmm. County, which is Petersburg partly, and also there's Hopewell City, which is part of Prince George and all that. So you got all of these, plus nearby where I live at, Chester, Chesterfield area, right by there. So you got all of this. The Civil War is a big thing to begin with, too. That probably helps a lot with 
be honest. You got all this battle going on between Petersburg that has their big one, and then there's two big ones out there, and then there's a bunch around here too. So, and then mm-hmm. of course way out in Sutherland, which is part of Dinwiddie, you got the Southern State. So you got all that battles too, people dying. You got, uh, like I said, going all the way back to the 1600s and and stuff like that, and the slavery and stuff like that. So that kind of adds up, and yeah. So it's it's a it's a now, boiling pot. Like, um, uh, uh, well, I, well, yeah. Well, 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 pretty uh, intense places is also not just the, the, the civil war areas and stuff like that yeah did you hear that okay Pamela kind of I heard an underground railroad what was yeah he, said you know, what was... He, he wanted to know if the underground railroad is is a pretty intense area for hauntings as well yes it does actually the one that I know about uh, well there's actually two a friend told me about one thing but the one I know of and I investigated was above the Blue Willow Tea Room which is on Old Street. And the guy uh, that owned it finally, we made a date. I came there and he took me upstairs between, where there's a door that goes upstairs to the second and third floors from where um, him and the next the building next to him, uh, the bill, uh, business next to him owns. They went up to the second floor. First, that one we kind of, that only thing we got of that was we we're trying to find out about the mayor because the mayor, the first mayor of Petersburg had been seen there by a couple of people. Then we went up to the third floor. Now, the third floor used to be, I guess, homes and stuff. There is an outdoor way of getting in because the whole thing about Petersburg and their top buildings, they got the top floors. They have sometimes outside ways of getting in because they're now apartments and stuff. And he told me about this um, a uh, couple of investigators that wanted to stay one night and film to see if they can catch So he let them do that. And he let them, he, he slept them up there alone. They had their, I guess, camcorder to film. And they're heading the pointed upstairs. There's another set of flight of stairs up from the third floor that goes up to this one room at the top, which is where he, there is a hole. And he said that actually he's heard that's where a lot of, a couple of slaves have been hidden during the underground railroad up there. Well, whatever happened to them, they ended up leaving that night because they got frightened to death. Something, all he heard was they something came down at them. So he and I went up there because he stayed with me. And, you know, I encourage him. I don't want anybody to think I'm faking. They hear, if they can come with me, that's fine with me. You know, these are the owners of the places. And we're up there and I have my ghost box on and I get a male and a female voices. And like he said, it sounds African American or what we would think is African, or they would think differently. And I asked them, they ended, we kind of got the feeling that's what they were, and they were part of the underground railroad, and they were hiding. And, it, you know, I asked points, and, and I, I felt something really cold, like one time on one part of me, and one time on my back, I said, are you doing that? They would say, yeah. The man would say, yes, I, I'm doing that stuff. And he heard this, too. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I kind of told him, I said, well, you know, you don't have to hide anymore. You know, but that's this is a totally different era, and you can go wherever you have to go. But I don't think they left. I honestly don't. And why they're still staying there, I don't know. When I told them, because I do try to tell them, you, know, you can't leave. You don't have to stay here. I mean, but uh, yeah. So the, there was proof of that, that they're hiding, I guess. They hit up 
And so obviously they never got away if they're hiding up there or someplace right. they died. So Interesting. So let's do this, Pamela. We need to go to break. And when we uh, come back, we can continue with our conversation. Sound good? Sure. All right. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Paranormal Underground. Hey, hey, that's a new one. Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text. And together, we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hello, this is Norman, Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Good job, guys. We are back with In the Dark Radio. Oh, is that, oh, sorry, is it Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark? I heard, what did you say, Into the Ground or Into, what did you say? I called it (laughs) Paranormal. I can't remember, Paranormal Into Ground or something. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's not In the Dark Radio. Was that your revenge? Was that you getting Yeah, I was just messing with you. It's Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host, Karen Frazier, Chucky Genius. We would would like to thank our listeners for sticking with us through our Mercury (laughs) retrograde issues that we were having earlier. We think that we have them all hammered out now. Um, So we're hoping that we will get some better audio quality for you because we're having a great interview. Yeah, it's really good. Pamela, Pamela, you still there? Yeah, you're still there, Pamela? Yes, I yes, Awesome. I'm still there. You, you sound better, and you can actually hear oh, me. Oh, so, your voice hey, doesn't sound pleasant anymore. Something, I'm trying something. to keep the bottom of my, my flip phone away, but it's not always. <laughs> no, I can I hear you. I know. It was It was sometimes you would, like, on certain words you were saying, it would get, like, super fuzzy, and I'd think, what did she just say? What did she just say? Mm. So, no, you sound, you the fuzzy part Fine. is gone. So, Good. fantastic. Good. Perfect. Okay. All right. So. All right. You go move down. forward. Yes, to move forward now, let's talk about your book a little bit, The Paranormal Petersburg, Virginia, and the uh-huh. Tri-City Areas. Can you tell me some of maybe your favorite areas that you uh, wrote about and or investigated and why? How about my favorite? How about the night my, my camera, my own little camera disappeared for 10 minutes? Oh, out of my yes, sure. Okay, cool. And I have... And I have witnesses, my investigators were with me. That's why everybody freaked out. Um, we were supposed to go, it was back in June, and it was actually a full moon night. That was a really weird thing about that, but whether that has anything to do with it is, is beside the point. Um, we went and we got there all early. We were going to investigate the bistro, which is pretty well haunted. Well, across the street from the bistro is Peter Jones' trading post. And we decided to, well, it's rather early, so let's go do this now. I got people here during the night. It's not during the day. Nobody's going to stop you. It's just 
ruins, literally. And we went across there to do it. And um, we're sitting there and talking. Well, I got my ghost box coming on. And at one point, one of the investigators had asked if there was a, either, because, let me tell you the story. I, I knew this history, the history behind the place. Sure. They did not. Okay. Uh, during the Civil War, it was built during 1600s, part of the trading post. But during the Civil War, during the siege, any Civil War soldier, that, like the Northern soldier they captured, they put them in jail there. Okay. That was pretty obviously given. But any Confederate soldier that did something illegal in the town, got caught, was put in there too. So they were there together. So I knew they had both civil, uh, both sides locked up in there. When she asked, is, it, uh, is, there, any, uh, which, is there any soldier? He said, uh, the man's voice came out of my box. It was a deep man's voice. And she says, well, is this, uh, uh, are you a Northern soldier? Or are you a Confederate? She's asking naturally, one or the other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He right. says both. Okay, then it goes on, and he comes back, and he says, you must. I said, what do you want us to do? And he goes, you have to leave. I said, okay, because they were taking pictures. Well, I, I need to take a picture, and I said, we're going to go. Well, I grabbed my bag, but, of course, I had taken my camera out of my bag at the time, driving down there from where I live, and it's in my car on the passenger seat. I remember distinctly putting it down, leaving there, which was stupid, and when I grabbed the bag and just took off with my friends. So I said, let me go back there and get Well, they followed me, and I went back there, opened the car, unlocked it, and looked on the back, nothing there. Went down. Of course, I had both doors open and lighting on there. Right. Looked in the floor, figuring let it fell. Not there. Looked in the back, my driver's side, nothing there, not on the floor. Looked in the back. I mean, I tore the car apart. We called my husband, and he had only three places I would have been, and he didn't see anything there. So... Of course, we looked in the cars, and I went right back down to the trading pool, thinking, maybe I took it out of there. Let's be simple. Let's be, I'm thinking logically, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't scared of gopher. I just wanted my camera at this point. And uh, he, the guy, when I had one guy with this Leonard, and he was looking in my car just in case, again, right, searching for it. So when I came back, of course, looking down there, lights around him. I stopped, and I had done this at the Fort McGritter Hotel in Williamsburg before, and I know it works. So I politely turned around, and I looked back toward the street. I said, okay, you guys don't want us down there, and you took my camera. Can you please give me back my camera? And I promise we will not go there. I will not go down there to take any pictures. All I want is my camera back. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't afford another one, and I really need it. I said, see that restaurant across the street? We're going in there. It's almost 10 o'clock, and I have to, we have to investigate, so I need the camera for that. If you bring it back, I absolutely promise. I said, I promise, you know, on the Bible, whatever you want me to promise, we will not go back down there, and I will not take any pictures. You are allowed to be left alone. So I went around the back of my car, looked down the ground. It's on the ground. It's got a well-lit parking lot across the street mm-hmm. from the restaurant. And he was getting up. I was going to ask Leonard to look under my friend's car next to mine again. I thought, oh, God, we got to find this camera. It's freaking out because I love my I need the camera. Mm-hmm. And he steps back. He looks, turns his head around, looks down, looks funny. I looked out. There's my camera in its case. <laughs> ten really? minutes. It was gone. Yes, ten minutes. The others were all there. They're freaked out, too. I mean, I had backup. I was like, what the heck? But they brought it back. And it was in prime condition. Actually, even got not only pictures from there, but it took a video of shadows darting in front of me in the restaurant later at one o'clock at night. So they 
brought it back. All I did was I promised I wouldn't, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And they gave me my camera back. There you go. Wow. It was freaky, Isn't though. For 10 minutes, it was freaky. Isn't that like apportation when they when they when something moves from one area to another? Yeah, you just have to wonder where on earth does it go? Because I've had things like that happen, too, where I set something down, turned literally turned around, mm-hmm. turned back, with like seconds later and it was gone yeah. and you know it makes you think you're crazy i know well yeah <laughs> it i did it once with, yeah it happens I, at did, fort mcgritter a lot it happened to me twice and that's i found if i asked things come back and i told a housekeeper their head housekeeper and that's how they found some keys that disappeared too so mm-hmm. oh, it's just bad I, I just say ask politely it's like ask anybody ask politely that's what i did and i promise <laughs> and whatever it was, my camera came back. But it scared me. I thought, I'll never see my camera again. Yeah. But where does it go? That's what always mystifies me. There, mm-hmm. It's there. It disappears. Another it, dimension? It, may, it, it reappears. But where, yeah, where the heck does it go? Because it's not like you see somebody open your door, pick it up, and take it. You don't see it fly past you. You don't no, see it. No, it was you know, a locked door. That. It was still freaking locked, okay? I had the key, so. Yeah, to me, those things are just. I mean, so it, to me, that's weirder than like, I've seen objects fly and that even at least makes sense because I can see the object moving through the air. So I see where it starts. I see where it goes. I see where it ends. Right. Mm-hmm. But when something just disappears, where the heck does it go? <laughs> it's got to be like the land of the lost where all lost things go. And then they well, come and you know, you see like, um, uh, People like in England with the skull experiments and stuff, where they yes. would have things manifest in front of them, um, apports. I, where did they come from? Is somebody now all of a sudden from the 1900s missing their pocket watch? Yes, that is, that's so true. Do they yeah. make it out of whole cloth? Perhaps your camera appeared, or somebody else got it as an apport, and then they took it, they put it down, and it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's crazy. I had that happen once with a flashlight on an investigation, and um, Al's like, uh, well, "That's was Al, my buddy Al was still alive." And he's like, "Oh, you just put it right there." I'm like, "But I'm telling you, it's not right there." And he walks over and he's searching all over, like he knows everything. And I'm like, "He's like, well, it's not there." And I'm like, "No." So we walk out back out to the car to get some. We come back in in the exact same spot, and all of a sudden there it is. And he's like, "Well, what the heck?" I'm like, "I don't know. We're the only two here right now, so I can't really tell you how that happens." It is mystifying, but sometimes it appears in a different spot, too. But your camera came back to where it had disappeared from, right? Yeah. Oh, it yes. appeared. Ex- well, mine just ended up on the ground, right? not in okay. the lock car. So it was right there oh. on the ground. It was not. And if it had been on the ground, like Leonard had said, he would have stepped on it. I would have, A lot of people would have stepped on it because we were going there back looking at the car. So it would have been stepped on and broken into pieces at this point. Like, you know, what's... And we would, that would have been it. So it was not there. When I looked down a few seconds before, there was nothing down on the ground. It's lit, well lit. Mm-hmm. And I turned to look, and he stood up, and I was going to tell him, to look, and that's like they did, I guess, because they believed me and brought it back. You can you can collect more cameras with, with honey than you can with vinegar? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying you should be polite. I don't like watching Ghost Adventure, for example. I, I almost like the I keep praying the ghost will do what he asks him to do, like push him over railings. Like that. But that's me being mean, mean, I guess. But I think it's like anything else. If you're polite, you get things. And yes. it works. It's been working for me mysteriously. And they'll answer me. They'll even uh, give me sometimes a last name, like I got 
Falling Creek. I, I, this is a guy from 622. I just say, oh, I want to. And I even tell him when I was doing the book, I'd say, I'm writing this book. I figure, why should I lie? You know, maybe I think they can tell I'm lying. I can tell when somebody's lying to me sometimes and face yeah. to face. So I don't lie. And it, it seems to work, whatever happens. And I've never been attacked. Maybe a couple of times in my life I've run into some bad ghost. And and they really didn't follow me quite all the way. One tried to, and it kind of freaked me out. But I had nothing to do with, you know. But most of the time, none of them hurt me. They're real polite to me. So, and they actually remember my name. I have a ghost for four years. This convention was at this hotel, Fort McGruder. and the last past year was last year. Last year was the last time, and he came and he said every time to me. It's one of the northern soldiers. The first time he came out, and it's actually you can see it on YouTube. Cause he actually has uh, told me about his girlfriend at that time. And I never asked him, I said, what's his name? He told me his name. He always says, hi, Pam, out of the blue, out to my ghost box. Hmm. He remembers me four years. His name is Thomas. <laughs> so, huh. That's cool, isn't it? You're polite. Yeah, but isn't it great when they actually call you by name and you actually realize they recognize you and maybe try recognize what you're trying to do? Right. Yeah. yeah that's got to be cool. I mean, all right, so a lot, most people always want to say, all right, what was your, like, scariest thing, you know, doing the paranormal? That's kind of boring. But so how about if we – how about if I were to ask you, what's the most moving moments you've had in the paranormal field? Oh, uh, Is there anything that really, like, touched you in a way? Thanks. That was it. That Probably. was – I was actually kind of impressed with that question. Well, I think you're very much like once in a while. But, no, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I can't think of any. I guess so many things. Like, well, my father haunted our house for three days, and that had nothing to do with this. This is that in California when he passed really? away until he was buried. Yeah, that that was interesting because I was in college, and our light, when he passed away, he was taken away by, back then he didn't have 911, so my mother was freaking out with the phone. Well, I got okay. someone to come there, and I, I knew my dog out. That was a funny thing. I said, he's dead, so it's like I knew. And uh, he did die at the hospital or something maybe on the way, and um, the light in the bedroom was blinking off and on, which after it was buried, it went back to normal, and we had people come look at it. There was nothing wrong with it. And my mother even saw him. She woke up three times. She was sleeping on the couch. I said, well, it's Dad. Why would Dad hurt us? But I always thought, three days? And when he was buried, it kept me thinking, because I'm Catholic, and I learned how to give in class three days, and when they're buried, they go to heaven or hell or wherever they go, right? I'm mm -hmm. thinking, well, you know, it was three day that's really interesting you know he's hung around three days and that was it but that was kind of nice i guess letting us know he was still there and wanted to, you know the last moment so yeah, yeah that kinda, is nice yeah kind of like a goodbye you i guess that i guess that's the most moving moment other than you know you know that was kind of nice yeah well there you go see see there was an answer to the question there was a moving moment so that's very good so all right, so I, I was trying to ask about the Underground Railroad before because I always find that stuff fascinating. Of course, I was breaking up. <laughs> so, um, have you have you done? I mean, I've written about. Have you done investigations at the under? You know, in any of the areas where the Underground Railroad was yourself? Yeah, the the Blue Willow Tea Room, which is what I mentioned earlier, that was okay. actually a stop upstairs. And that's okay. where we got the ghost box where they talked to us. There is one that a friend said that was an, another place down the street. They actually okay. also had in front of it the um, slave auction, believe it or not. 
because that's where that was someone told me. But she said that she had a feeling and she kept wanting to go upstairs and a guy who owned the place took her up there and he kept saying, well, from about one corner of the area. And she goes, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. I don't feel anything there. The guy standing on the other end of the room. Okay. And they said that that was actually part of an underground railroad too. So there probably are a few buildings in town. I didn't get to go in all of them. And plus the fact that currently whoever's there, the bottoms are businesses, the top are apartments mostly. Okay. And that's the whole thing with that sort of thing. Um, I can tell you uh, another thing I did found out talking about, I found out just lately about was another area of Old Town Petersburg was another street where Wabi Sabi, which is haunted, has where I got the Black Confederate soldier picture in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Looking through, they I thought just found out the whole street. See, I knew that place where Wabi Sabi is, that whole building. It's a right. house built in the 1700s, but at one point it was a house of prostitution. The whole oh. place. Right. So uh, yeah, and uh, but someone told me the whole street was actually a red light district. They found out that work huh. lives down there and works there. Yeah, so that whole street was prostitution. So it was interesting, and all about, I guess, the whole, I wonder how many buildings really weren't just what the friend house was either. But right. uh, that would be interesting to know. I know I know that when I did Wabi Sabi, I got not only the black Confederate soldier on the ghost box, but I got a woman, which could have been a prostitute, since mm-hmm. there were prostitutes there at one point. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I also got a, a child, a boy. Okay. And... Who he was? Is he a child of the prostitutes? Because he'd been shopping somebody else. It's hard to tell, you know. Right, exactly. He just told me his name was Philip. That was it. So, so I, I, I'll, I'll, like, we talk a lot about you know the Underground Railroad and places where war happened and such like that. Has there ever has there ever been any kind of like areas where you would have thought something? Was not, should not have been haunted or something, you know, some unusual spots that you found that might have been haunted? Well, I don't know about places that have been haunted. I checked any place I can. There was one place in my book that a friend investigated that was not haunted. Okay. And it, it, you would think it looked like it. It looks like a typical haunted house. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, it's a fixer up at this point. It's from the 1700s. It's in the book. A friend of mine did. The, they were actually asked to investigate it by a real estate agent. Obviously, if you can prove a place is haunted, it's worth money. Right. So she wanted to prove that. So she figured 1700s. The other homes in the area are all 1700, but they all look nice. They're all mm-hmm. nicely built. This one has been not to go to pot. There's holes and stuff like that. In mm-hmm. fact, my friend had told me it was kind of scary inside more from falling through holes and stuff like that. But right. they tried everything. They even thought they had got a couple of things, and they proved them that they weren't. And they even did it twice. They said it went back another time to prove to the lady. But talking to the neighbors and everything else, it's not haunted. So not yeah. everything that's historical sometimes ends up being haunted. Well, yeah, if I, you find out a lot of times the places that look all shiny and new have a lot more activity than places that you would think were right out of a book. You know what I mean? Well, this house looks like what they would term an old-fashioned haunted house. It's yeah. looks like it's a real picture. Let me tell you, whoever buys that what better hope they get it really low enough because they're going to cost a lot of money just to, to fix it up. <laughs> and you can see a picture of it in the book. It looks, yeah, <laughs> really decrepit. Right. So, all right. So I know we're talking a lot about your books. You were, you were saying something about some DVDs too. Um, what, um, I mean, what have you been doing with that? Have you been doing like media, like shooting things or? 
Yeah, uh, a friend of mine is a professional videographer, owns a business, ABA Production Phantom uh, Roads over area, and he did it as a joke. The first one, it's actually on YouTube, and he actually cleaned it up, and, and of course, we put the DVD, too, and he cleaned it up on there. He followed me around and was filming it just because they wanted to test me at the time. This was a convention being held there in Martha, and they had been told it was haunted, and they wanted to prove that the head of the convention worked for NASA at the time, and he said, I'm a scientist, so let's prove it. And yet, one girl do it on, on a Friday night, and she actually got a, someone take a picture of her with a person with a hat on behind her with his hand on her shoulder, which was really freaky. She saw that. Mine was Saturday night, and they followed me around. We did this one area that was really haunted that bothered the sales lady inside the house, and we got a child with that one. BJ. Then we went outside, and the funny thing is, you can hear him at the well at the end of the DVD. He took that part out, but he talks about it. It was mm-hmm. a part when he went. You could hear him when we walked outside, and he said he's got this big high price camcorder. It's four thousand, five thousand dollars. The kind they use in the films and stuff, right. and mm-hmm. TV yeah. shows. And okay. he had a brand new battery, ten hour battery. So, and he goes, "Oh, you can hear him." He said, "Well, out loud." My battery just dropped sixty percent. It's like real shock in his voice, mm-hmm. and so it, it lasted ten minutes later. More that was it, about ten more minutes before he had to leave us. And at that point, we were talking to the soldiers outside. After we first met the soldier out there, that um, when I talked to him, I said, "Well, do you have a, a, a girlfriend or a wife?" And trying to get an answer, and he said, "Yes, I do." I said, what's her name? He said, Cynthia. Is she from Virginia or South? Or is she from up north? And he said, up north. And mm-hmm. it's audible on, on the recording, too, you know, on his camcorder. But it died wow. after that. And he, he, he recharged after that. But he said only one other place he had a film, when he could have to do a video for uh, the nearby Williamsburg Winery, it dropped. Yeah. So he asked the winery, he said, kind of questions, he said, well, do you know what? what was this place before the winery stuff? And they said, mm-hmm. at one point, a lot of soldiers got off the ship's in that area to go fight the battle there. So what that had to mean with him losing the battery, if the people died there or something, I don't know. But yeah. he said he had dropped there too. And there's nothing wrong with the battery. Like he said, he charged it. But just, I laughed because that night they left our cameras alone, but they touched him. So I keep mm-hmm. telling it's like shark on blood. They went after your big battery. <laughs> it's hard stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah, he said uh, he used to be skeptical because he's a filmmaker. He's worked in films and stuff yeah, and right. video, so he knows what can be faked. Mm-hmm, and right. he said, I changed them a lot. So he's been with us. The last couple that I sent uh, out there to you guys was one was the last one the Fort Recruiter had my friend Carol with me. And then, of course, we did the bistro again uh, mm-hmm. a few months later because the owner let us come do that in November. And he came down and we film there and stuff so right. we actually got some different stuff that time at night than was the first time um the uncle actually dominated a lot of the ghost box we had his uh uncle because uncle haunts he died and haunts the place some other yeah. investigators actually done that and he liked the cuss and he actually played with the ghost boxers where it becomes the radio part yeah and we would say well do you want us to leave and all of a sudden you hear uh what do you want us to do in the next moment Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more. And we were laughing. Yeah, exactly. He oh actually saw, fixed with the radio songs wow. to fit it. That's hilarious. And he fit the songs exactly. And the funny thing is, at the end, we had one extra person join. She couldn't join me in uh, mm-hmm. 
in back in June, July, and he and he talked to her. She goes, and he said he told her. He says, well, you know what? My uncle really liked you because there was a group here he did not like. And she goes, well, what do you mean by that? Because she had never been there before. And right. he goes, well, uh, this other paranormal group that came here, not only did every light in the whole building break, go broke, mm-hmm. pop, 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 all of them pop. He had to replace all of them. He says every investigator got very, very ill. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. He did wow. not like them. Well, he liked us. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking about DVDs and film and everything. I saw something in your bio that I read that you had written a horror screenplay called Crawl Space Creep. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, a little independent filmmaker asked me to write it. He had his idea what he wanted written, so I wrote wrote that for him. Mm-hmm. Did it did it transpire into a film or? I don't think so. At this moment, he said he didn't have the money, but he's got the screenplay. So oh, cool. that's awesome. So but I can't write you... screenplays. I I majored yeah. in, in movie and film production years ago in college, so I do know oh. how. I actually took a screenplay class. So I do know how to write screenplays. Cool. cool. So have you had any experiences in your travels with other paranormal things that aren't ghosts, like? Maybe a UFO or a cryptid or something like that. Oh gosh, no. Well, when I was a kid, I saw a UFO, but not on my current stuff. But when I was a kid, uh, we lived in Sacramento, and my mother and I were sitting on the back porch, and my father was sitting under the tree in the backyard. He had a bench he had made, and there's a strange optic. It was afternoon, so it was sunlight, sunny day, nice blue sky, and it was shaped like would be a UFO. And it was pretty low to the ground, so you could see it was really big. And they weren't going very fast, like they weren't freaking out. And, and this is the 60s, so even as a kid, and my mother would know the same thing. She goes, well, what the heck is that? I mean, it didn't look like a plane or a helicopter or anything. And I'm watching and looking up at it, and I remember kind of reading books or seeing something about UFOs. I'm thinking, it looks like a UFO. So I went to tell a friend. My friend said, why don't you go tell the police? And I said, do you really think the police is going to listen to a third grade, third grader? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was the closest I ever seen a UFO, and it looked like it. It's like they didn't care. But I haven't seen no, not around here at any point, at any point. And for Bigfoot, no, I haven't seen him. <laughs> and I think that would creep me out more than any ghost. Ghosts don't creep me out. I think a Bigfoot would creep me out. That's because Bigfoot's Flavor. like a real thing. I mean, you know, if if you if if it is a real thing, it's like a tangible yeah. big scary monster it's a thing. big hairy thing that's why i said what seven eight foot do you want to meet something like that tall <laughs> face to face how do you know it's going to react to you well well yeah, i have some true. pretty tall family members that are intimidating to meet face to face so something that's eight feet would be a little bit a little bit much yes i haven't even seen uh talk about vampire story there that we have a richmond vampire that's fake and we have, but, but we do have a, and it's been going on, it's still been going on, called Werewolf of Herreichel. And that, actually, I think I termed that coin that in turn because I now saw somebody else use a, a nationwide book on werewolves. And that's been seen something out there in, 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 in Herreichel County, so, which mm. is, you know, not far from us. So, uh, but I haven't seen the werewolves, so, of course, I haven't so been there your, at night when it was seen. What are your thoughts about werewolves? Oh, that anybody could, pro- if they could sh- shape shift, uh, 
that's a good question. I'd like to see one, actually. But if they are, that's a good question. I don't know if I can believe anybody could shapeshift. Though they're skinwalkers. I have Native American blood. I know that because I did a blog post that the Navajo are real nervous with them. So that's an interesting question. Can somebody shapeshift? It's hard to say. I mean... It could be possible. Could it be something that coming through another dimension? I'm talking about ghosts and ghosts are dimension, or like I said, time warps. What if something mm-hmm. dimensional? Right. I yeah. mean, it makes a good idea for a good fiction story, though. It actually gave me an idea one time, but but I'm just saying is it's hard to say. I mean, we talk about was it that one in um, Wisconsin that's always seen, and it looks like a big dog, and people have seen it. Lots of people, and yet, you know. Yeah. What if something can come through another dimension? I mean, look at Stephen King. He wrote a book, a story, a novella about something like that. Things yeah. coming through. Yeah. Well, and so. you write you write paranormal fiction, right? Is it paranormal romance? Right. Or? Yeah. So well, I write I paranormal romance as sapphire. As Pamela, I write the horror stuff. So okay. So, I'm intentionally so. going to try and scare. I'm going to intentionally try to scare you. People think my ghost books are scary. I tell them they haven't been scared. I try to intentionally do things that ghosts are not really going to do in like fictional ghost stories, for example. So what drew you to horror in the first place then to write about? I like to read that stuff. Mm, okay. <laughs> I like to read the, I want to read science fiction and fantasy too. So, and, and horror really is dark fantasy. The ones that I write, I don't write serial killers. To me, that's mm-hmm. too realistic. We got the real things out there. We don't need to have people you know, worried up about sure. the real people going out killing you. But a good old-fashioned uh, monster is perfect. Okay, so you like the monsters in your horror stories then? Monsters or ghosts. I've had ghost stories too. One of them actually won an award, so. Oh, uh, it did? It was one of, back was in it? 2013, uh-huh. it won uh, one of the top seven uh, 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 best January fiction for that year for the small press uh, award. It was uh, didn't win the big one, but still it was a runner-up, and it was called Bottled Spirits. I took the idea for the South. I was trying to do a blog one day, and I looked up, I found out about uh, spirit bottles, which is an African-American tradition came with them from Africa to here, where they would pull, they can capture spirits of blue bottles hanging on a bottle tree. Okay. I said, well, you know, that would make a good fiction story. So I ended up doing a fiction story with that after I wrote that blog post. And I got pretty good. I, and I got, you checked it, and it got accepted. Uh, Buffy Mag Magazine, online magazine, got paid pretty good money. And when they were looking for this, uh, Washington Soci- uh, uh, Science Fiction Association was looking for this small press award they have every year, uh, I entered it. They just wanted the story. They didn't want anything other, no names to, cause that way when they pass it out to their people that judge it, they don't know right. who wrote it or anything. And my husband found out they had about a thousand entries. Yeah. So only seven were picked. And well, my bottled you. spirits made it. So bottled spirits made it. Congratulations. So tell me what, do you have a, a favorite, because I write different, different types of uh, books too. Um, so and and I kind of have certain types that are more my favorite than others. What do you do? You have a favorite of the types of books that you write? The types of books I write. Well, I like writing the ghost books. I learn something. 
I learn either if I'm not learning about an interesting story, myth or, or story, then I learn about history that I didn't know. And I yeah. like that because, which fits for people reading it, plus kids. I actually have kids reading it. They're great on out. They like to read the ghost stories, so they're learning the history, especially oh, yeah. the local stuff. And it's, and it's not in the books anyway, a lot of it, unless they go to the museums and learn from them. Um, so I like that, but I also like writing fiction because it comes out of my head. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't actually, I do write fiction just for myself and, um, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. So do you have like a, a favorite book that you've written? Um, probably my favorite so far right now, Spectre Nightmares and Visitations. It's a collection of my short stories. Some are reprints, some are brand new. Uh, it was published by Under the Moon. It's uh, got different stories in it. I took different ideas. Four of them are ghost stories. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's ghost stories in it. There's uh, one about an alien uh, that decided to uh, be like see people. Yeah. And he, and he kind of convinced this town. He didn't touch the town, but he would convince them to kind of start bringing a, a place there so that people would come to this bar that was because the, they built a, a highway there. He could get a food come to them like fast food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking few of my, um, there's all, just all sorts of stories like that. There's a town, uh, actually Chester, which is by here, what happens in Chester vanishes, and it does, and it's kind of an odd, weird, weird story there. So it's just different stories like that. And actually the last one in it is actually a Lovecraftian story because I grew up like reading Lovecraft, and he's uh, yeah. somewhere so it's definitely oh. a Lovecraft story. A lot of horror writers like Lovecraft an awful lot. Do you know? I'm embarrassed or to admit Poe. this, but I, I have. Yeah, I like Poe. I have never read Lovecraft ever. Well, I have loved Lovecraft. I read Poe. Poe's actually from this area. Uh huh. And everything, and in all my ghost books, he's in it at some point. If it's not uh, Stonehouse, it's got his museum stuff there. It's some of his stuff, mm-hmm. but then. Actually, just past Petersburg one, he was actually had his honeymoon at Petersburg. So, oh, he's entrenched in Virginia quite a lot. So, well, he and grew his, up in Richmond. His story is kind of an odd mystery story itself, just in the way that he died. And yeah, so. well, the interest, the whole thing about him is all the different spots he's been at. But the interesting was the pole one is the. The, the one where he was in Petersburg, as I still have people saying that the picture I have, the face on the window on the third floor is him. I hmm. said he didn't talk to me at the at the place because at the time it was open at the restaurant. Desert. The guy tried later to get the two floors where one where Paul was on the second floor where his honeymoon suite was, and the other one made it to a bed and breakfast, and it cost a lot to kind of bring it up to Colton Kickstarter. Nobody was. Not too many people were donating money for the poor guy, which is kind of sad. But he had wrote a book, so he proved that Paul got money, had, had actually had a time move there. He actually was a professional uh, editor from New York at one point until he retired. And so he let me go up there and investigate. And I said, I got the French guy that, that owned the place before uh, Paul's friend Hiram Haynes owned it. And he had committed suicide. He was there. He actually spoke to me in French when I asked him to, to prove it was him. And then uh, upstairs, I got the Civil War soldiers and the nurse who nursed them during the siege. I said, I never heard from Paul. I didn't hear from Virginia. 
I assume that maybe they aren't there, as, even though it may be like uh, Jeff had said to me, it's their happiest time, probably. Didn't hear from Hiram Haynes either. But uh, I don't know. It looks like a young Paul. But then again, it could be one of the soldiers. It could be like someone says, even the French guy, because it kind of all looked like that back then. Right. So it's hard to tell. But a lot of people say that it looks like Paul to them. So I said, if it's Paul, he didn't say anything to me. Uh, fascinating, though. I find him a very fascinating person. Again, I've never been one who's read a lot of horror. Um, it's just, I, it's just not my genre, so I don't enjoy it much. But um, I have read Poe. I mean, you know, anybody who's gone through an American literature class has probably read Poe. Some he didn't just write Poe. He wrote some beautiful poems. He wrote more than yeah. He wrote some really good, beautiful poems too. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was a talented guy. And he was, and he was grand. He was also uh, the grandfather of science fiction. He also created mystery. He didn't just do horror. He did a lot. He did. He also was the person behind the created mystery. So the mystery novel stories. So yeah, he did a lot. Cool. Chuck, you got anything? You've been quiet. No, uh, no, no. I've just been letting you uh, talk away. Uh, interesting conversation there. I figured I was I was hogging it up for a while. So, but the the last thing I, I had to ask just before uh, we wrap up is. Um, what the heck is a mas master customer? What does that mean? It means I made uh, costumes out of, I sew them and stuff. Um, I started sewing and sewing, because I could sew. I learned, and my mother took, made me take classes in high school, and she bought me a sewing machine, and heck, I buy I jeans and, and shorts mostly, or dresses, uh -huh. so most of the time, I got into what other people did. When you go to conventions that make costumes, I thought it would be more funner when you just wanted a fan, so I'd make costumes from TV shows or books or things like that. And I start entering what they call masquerade or costume contests, and I start winning some of them. And if you win a certain ones that were worth considered by, uh, I became a, one to write an amount of these certain ones, big ones they were, I became what's called a master costumer. It means I won enough to be on that, that, that can call that title. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, that's I don't fun do to it as much those... as often. Any, I don't do it as much anymore. I mean, between the writing and other stuff, but I still can do that if I want to. I have a sewing machine. My husband still does that stuff. So I am impressed with people who can sew because I cannot. I tried to sew. <laughs> I one time in middle school, I tried to sew a wrap skirt, which of course has no buttons or zippers. It's like the most basic thing. Apparently, you can sew other than like I don't know, maybe a towel, and it was really bad. So. Well, my husband can sew, and he came from an era that men did not sew, but yeah. him and two other guys back in New York, they said they took class in high school, and I said, that's from an era when men didn't dare want to be said they could sew, but yeah, you know I'm what, a guy, a guy should know how to sew, too, because everybody should know how to sew on a button, if not now, if you could fix I your can own do clothes, that. you don't have to toss them. Yeah, I can sew on a button, and I can do a hem, um, but I am really just... I think that, you know, sewing is kind of a detail thing, and you have to be have good attention to detail, and that is not me. <laughs> so. Well, making costumes is my way of being. I can't do artwork. I can write. I can dance. I can do all that stuff, but I cannot cannot do, like, painting. I have friends that are artists, so yeah. I guess that's my creative outlet, making the well, costumes. 
There you cool. go. Everybody needs to have one. I would say writing is probably your creative outlet as well. It's been my creative outlet a lot. So Yeah. Well, so we have come to the section of the show where we ask you to shamelessly self-promote. So please tell people about your books, your DVDs, where they can find you, and really anything else you'd like us to know. Well, you could probably find and check on all my books and stuff at my website to begin with, which is um, uh, Pamela, <clears throat> Pamela K. Kinney, that's P-A-M-E-L-A-K-K, I-N-N-E-Y dot com. Uh, there is no WW for it. Um, uh, you can probably go to Amazon. I have a, you know, and just put in my name, Pamela K. Kinney. Don't forget that middle initial K. And they can probably take you to my Amazon page at some point or my books. So my ghost books are up there. They're on Barnes & Noble. Um, if you go into a bookstore and you do find any of my books and you want to get them, whether uh, at least definitely the ghost books, uh, some of my fiction, some not, you know, depends on where they're, who they're produced, uh, published by. But the ghost books definitely, if you go into a bookstore and you want to, you have them with you and you know the name of them or the ISBN number, they can order it for you, stuff like that. So, but um, definitely my website and the DVDs, you can probably contact me through my website. There's a place that will say, you, know, you can email me. I can tell you which ones I have, and I'm sure if you want to buy any, my co-producer, can, uh, he would be the one that you could probably end up PayPaling him the money, and he could send you right off the bat because he can make it up in his studio <laughs> things that I don't have on hand, but he does. So. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for coming on. It's been interesting talking. I hope that you have far less snow than they are predicting and that you stay warm and dry and safe. Yes. Oh, I hope so, too. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You have a great night. Thanks, Pamela. You, too. All right. Good night. Have a good night, everybody. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. All righty. So let's take care of some business. Business? Yeah, business, business to take care of. Um, <gasps> so that requires, that requires one Cheryl Knight who never wants to be on the air. No, she doesn't care anymore. I actually love to be on the air now. I just, yeah. I just tell oh. you, I just tell you that I don't, so that you bring me on. <laughs> We're creating a monster psychology. now. Look, well, it used to, like I say, back when you used to say, "Don't have me on the air." Rick and I kind of would make it our goal to do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Cruel. Yeah. Uh. You know what? Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Darn it! <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Okay. That's all, right, all I'm busy. saying. It's called it's it's a condition called demand resistance. And according okay. to my husband, I have it in spades. I am very <laughs> demand resistant. When you tell me I can't do something, I do it. And if you tell me I can do something, I'm like, nope. You know what's funny, nope. Karen? I, I am the same exact way, believe it or not. Oh my god. Demand True. resistance. I, I'm so I am so screwed, people. <laughs> Chuck, you have spent a I lot of time talking to me. How demand resistant have I been? I've always been nothing well, but and kind to you. I taught you how to pop a front double biceps pose before the show, man. <laughs> yes, you did. That's right, and your your guns are going to look oh. bigger and more defined now because I taught you Sweet. how to do it. Thank you, thank you, thank oh, you. Bob, my gosh, I really should take Bob, Bob out to dinner. Really, is Thanks, Bob, Bob on your is Bob on your payroll? And 
Who does he mean? I, unlike yeah. others. I quote Bob. I quote Bob in our chat room. Cheryl has a pleasant radio voice, unlike others. Unlike others. Uh, and I would like, like to know who he means. Yeah. What others are we talking about? <laughs> I have a very soothing, soothing. I can't speak, but a very soothing, deep voice. I probably don't. <laughs> He's pleading the fifth. Well, you know, we uh, one of us may have a very annoying voice, or both of us, but you seem to enjoy it because you listen to our melodic tones every. Yeah, day. yeah, Bob. There you go, Bob. Um, Karen, Billy wants what? to know what happens when you get a double negative. It's a positive. Did I give it a double negative? No, but you don't like demand resistance. Oh, I don't know. That's just blank. <laughs> that's for another. That's for another show. Thank you very much. <laughs> He loves both of us. He actually he ives both of us and then love. I think that means <laughs> it says I ive both of you love. I, I, I think he loves us both. Yes, thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. And we do, Bob. Yes, down. we do. That's right. So, what yes. business are we talking about? What business? That business. A business. Let's go. Cheryl, we do. We do. We have business. I want go. to talk about. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our guest tonight, Pamela. Kay Kenny. Yes. She yes. was very nice. She sent um, her book over. She sent two DVDs. And, she sent that um, to Cheryl, the person yes, not interviewing her. Me. Go on. I gave you guys some questions. Cheryl I? gets all the free <laughs> DVDs. Yes, and I would actually say the uh, Paranormal Petersburg, Virginia and the Tri-Cities area by Pamela K. Kenny is very well researched and, and documented. Um, lots of pictures, lots of color pictures, mm -hmm. lots of um, details about experiences, um, in many dozens of different locations in that area, um, Pamela's experiences, other people's experiences, and it goes beyond haunting. She also, in a couple sections, details um, uh, weird tales, um, UFO sightings, uh, crypt cryptozoology stuff. So it, it's it's you know about hauntings, but there's also some other goodies in there as well. So check that out. Nice. Next week, though, moving on to next week, which is mm -hmm. what's the date? Is that uh, the twenty eighth? Yes, January 28th. Okay, good. We will be Our talking last show in January. The last January show for this year. We will be talking to Sonny Robinson. And Sonny uh -huh. is not only a psychic, but he's also a drummer uh, with a band called Twisted Roots out of Portland, Maine. So is he the rock and roll psychic then? He is, actually. <laughs> yes. That's the rock good. and roll psychic. Boom, like, baby. Boom. Just like Keith Age is the rock and roll ghost hunter. Now we have the yes. rock and roll psychic. Yep, so that's going to be fun. and um, I am the tuck and roll psychic. What does that mean? <laughs> tuck and roll is like where you curl up into a ball and roll, like that, if you dive know, out of something. I know what tuck and roll means. How does it apply to you? I don't know. I just was saying. I'm just uh, speaking. Uh, okay, gotcha. I'm just speaking in I my can, annoying voice. I'm trying to picture Karen tucking and rolling right now. Oh, that's my gosh. That's the voice. Do. Lord. Yes. Tuck and oh. roll. Come on. What, you think I can't do it? I think you can. I would probably be bruised up, but I think I, think I have the can. capability. I just think uh, that if somebody is a rock and roll psychic, shouldn't I be? Uh, yeah, this Chuck's a stop, drop, you know and roll what? psychic. You know what? <laughs> I think if I told you, you. Damn fires. I think, Karen, if I told you you couldn't be the tuck and roll psychic, that you would prove me wrong. Um, she could be you the chuck and roll. Right. You could be the yes. chuck the and chuck roll. Chuck and so. roll. No, I like that. <laughs> That's maybe I'm just the stop, drop, and roll psychic. Every time I catch on fire, <laughs> boom. There you go. That's right. Stop, uh, drop, and roll psyche. That's me. Do you okay, wanna, anyway. Do you, do you want to hear about a few other guests? Or yes. Do you want yes. to keep yes. talking about nicknames? It's up to you. 
Well, 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 go ahead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead All right. Go February 4th, we are talking with David Childers. He's the founder of Mississippi Paranormal Research Institute. Okay, yes, cool. and then February 11th, we will be talking to Hiram Henderson, Director of Operations for Maryland Paranormal Research. Cool. And then I'm going to tell you about one more, and we were talking about this guest earlier, February 18th, Gavin Lee Davies. He's the author of A Haunt... A Excuse me, a most haunted house, and ghost and, and ghost sex the violation. Wow, wow, wow! Ooh, I, I don't. I, That's I, actually ooh. sounds um, pretty. Bad I think I'm gonna have to bring some cigarettes to that particular yeah. interview. Yeah, yes. I will behave. <laughs> I will behave. It's a real phenomenon. Here's the thing: I will just yes, it is. everything I ask. Yes. yes, everything mm-hmm. I'm asked, I'm gonna do it in this voice, so it's nice and pleasant. Okay. Is pleasant voice. Yes. Is that is is my voice pleasant? Is it melodious? Should I talk it's higher? I mean, quiet. should it not be like? Oh, so it's just me being <laughs> quiet. Just, yes. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like when I've answered the phone a few times, and it's been yes. a wrong number, I have had people say, "You have such a lovely voice on the phone." I had one guy tell me I had a sexy voice, and I told him, "Don't ever call me again." <laughs> <laughs> But now, here's the thing. I am so upset that Bob thinks one of us has an annoying voice that I'm going to listen back to our show over and over and over again. Bob, Thanks, Bob. Bob Thanks, the reality Bob. Is, is Bob thinks I have the annoying voice. He just wants to throw me off. And you can see what Tom and Bob are writing now in the chat room. We just started the whole thing. I'm not I, can, I can totally have a classy voice if I want. <laughs> you just yep. have to work at it. I could talk pretty. <laughs> hi, 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 this is Chuck E. G. And you're welcome oh, to Hi, this is Chuck, Kara. No, Chuck, yeah. Chuck's natural voice is an awesome radio voice. You do. You <laughs> have you. a really good yes. radio voice. I have yeah. to work it. I have to work at radio voice. I know that I don't have a super great voice, but, you know, I also don't have like an Edith Bunker voice. Oh, no, you have a fine voice. Oh, God. No, that would just drive me crazy. You have a fine voice. Until I sing. Let's be realistic well, yeah. about that. Well, yeah. there's that. I still got to find that you're singing that. so we can play it this year. We have to play it every year, you know. And we already oh, know the, Cheryl my American up. Idol audition? Yes, yes, your American what? Idol audition. We have to play that yeah, every year. I, we, year I have an least. American Idol audition that I did. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. No, she's not kidding No, you. I'm not kidding. She does. It was, but it, we have to put it in context because it was, it was originally made when Rick Hale was the co-host. And Rick Hale is well known, well, at least to me, for having consumed his twin in the womb. And so the song oh, is actually okay. about Rick consuming his twin in the womb. I wrote several songs for him of that nature. Oh, and do we still have that, Cheryl? Because you need to find it because I want to hear it. I'm going to find it. Yeah, I don't have it on my new computer. I'll get it off the old one. And uh, We should really find our real men yes. of genius, too. We haven't played oh, that's I remember one. that. We I haven't played that. the real men of genius yeah. in a while. And Zach Bagans is never coming on again anyway. So we don't have to worry about insulting him with it. Wow. You know my mission is to get Zach Beggins on the show again, right? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and then I will apologize. You know what? Just tell him that bitch Karen is no longer on the show. Whoa! She's been replaced by the nice Karen. <laughs> I'd like to talk to him because when they first did their first... All right, so when they did the show, when they first came out the first season, they used to do this thing where they would go online afterwards and people could, like, text stuff and it was, like, rolling up on the screen and they would say whatever... No, it's like after the third show. And so I put on there um, uh, Ghost Adventures Rocks from uh, Briscoe County in Oswego. And they're going like this, and me and Rachel are sitting in Austin. And he goes, 
Oh, and it says Ghost Adventure Trucks from Frisco County. And my daughter's like, yeah. Hey, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Is it All called right. Mercedes-Benz parody for show? No, that's something else. Yes. Oh, was that the American Idol audition? Oh, Lord, won't you help? Yeah, I think so. You have it? Yeah, and Drag I have, it in. We I got a do, minute or two. I have Real Man of Genius, too. Drag them in. We, well, at least one of them. We got a minute or two. I can yeah. put the thing on mute because Jim just brought me this package in the mail, and I think it's Whoa, it's whoa, crystals. whoa. He brought you I have to. Your, we have to what? do it next week. So this will give everybody <gasps> something to look forward to. I don't want to hear about Jim's no, because We he, have six no, minutes. No, we have to go. I want to open my package. We, we have, have six minutes. Go. We don't have to go. We have to, we have to, okay, the real reason is I want to listen to him first. Oh, she doesn't oh, press. There you go. There's the truth. There's the truth. Oh, Cheryl, have I ever sent anything that was, uh, oh, Billy said Jim's package. That's not That's what, what I, I meant. Said. That's what Isn't, I was asking about. You said remember, Jim's package. Cheryl, when you said you found it hard to believe that I'm awkward. I'm so sorry. That's Billy. the kind of stuff we're talking about right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Tom said mailing his package. That's the painful part, Tom. That is the painful it's, part. No, look, it's a mail package. I see oh. the mail package. It's a mail package. Yes, we were talking about that just now, weren't we? A U.S. postal package. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that dirty. Right? I got her, folks. I got her. Yeah. Chad wants. To, so Chad says that Jim must have delivered the package. Yes, he did. He delivered. Oh, it. he took me to Pound Town. Is that what he's saying? Oh Whoa! my God. Oh. It's okay to say that, but when I say fill the hole, it's bad. You, yes. uh, no, it's not. That's worse, right there. That is worse. Pound town? Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's thank you. Place, isn't that the place that has all the dog pounds? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice recovery, Karen. Thank you. I have to maintain my maintain my facade of of innocence. I'm not innocent. I'll say whatever, folks. My point is, is that. Yes. You know, Cheryl, when you were saying, ah, oh, you don't seem awkward to me. Yeah. That's the kind of crap that Chuck was talking about. <laughs> Wasn't it? I, yeah. I still don't buy I don't think you're awkward. Oh. No. That's me. because you haven't seen me trip over nothing or slam into a wall. <laughs> Do you know, I, trip I... Over the, I trip over the, nothing too, Karen. Well, then you're awkward as well. I guess I, I, guess I would have be Have you ever thought you were walking out the front door and entered someone's closet? I have. No, nice. I haven't done that. You entered a closet like what? Like it was somewhere <laughs> oh to go? Or? Have you ever like opened a door? <laughs> oh my god. Have you ever That's opened awesome. a door and had the door slam you in the face as you Oh my god, so guess what I did this one time? What? No, I don't think so. What? I was I so I was bending over a cupboard and I slammed my boob in the cupboard. Oh my <gasps> god. <gasps> Oh, oh manual, that? that's what we call a manual manogram right that's there, folks. Bam. That, Cheryl? No, I've not done that before. No, Thank God no. I can't do that. I've never slammed my package in anything. I run into up. the wall. Well, certain things, but not. I run into the door frame. I run into oh, I trip yeah, over nothing. Sure. <laughs> I banged my knee on the coffee table the other day, and it hurt. Yes, these are Well, all yeah. Things. Yeah. These are all things that happened to Karen. Yeah, but I, I haven't done quite a few of those things. Now, wait a minute. When we, when we went to Oregon, oh did you trip on the beach or something when we were out there? Oh, probably. I think, I think you did. Yes. Probably tripped, I did. Tripped on the sand. Tripped on the little grains tripped of sand. It was probably shell. monkey. <laughs> it was probably monkey. <laughs> oh, it's a piece. Look, it's a piece of Moldavite. How did this tur- I thought this was a business discussion. How did this go so wrong? We always go so terribly I don't awry. Know. I don't know what you're talking about. Awry. <laughs> I like that. Cool. <laughs> All 
Alright. Because this is and how we also, always roll. They also oh. sent me a peace sign as a gift. Oh, I like that. Ooh. I like that. That's a nice yeah. peace sign. It's it's easy. This is an appropriate way to finish doing, are you the doing show. That on purpose? Because Chuck's Same been one. cutting it out. I, yeah. Are you are, are you pretending to cut in and out, or were you really actually doing no, it? No, he was really doing it. How am I now? I just turned the camera off. It's just it's just it's just useless. You're, You're fabulous You're now. Better. Thank you. Fabulous. Thank oh, you. I'm just gonna get it. one of those. Ex I'm gonna get one of those range <laughs> extenders and put it in my room. That way, it'll help you. Do you know what Moldavite is? It is no, a. It is, uh, it is a crystal that is a piece of meteorite. Seriously? <gasps> oh, cool. really? Is there, it's also it, one of the twelve synergy stones that, when you meditate, it helps it with ascension and higher. Where did you? Higher energy. Oh. where did you get that again? eBay. Wow, was it expensive? Oh. No. Really? Yeah, yeah, I got my crystals oh. coming. The ones you sent me. He sent me that thing. I was like, bam! Sold. The phenakite. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely like amazing. twelve for like twelve bucks. That was a good deal. So. Mm, I think it was seven, but yeah, still. Was it seven, seven. Yeah. It's seven, but it's one of the 12 Ascension Stones. Okay, gotcha. And once you start meditating with that sucker, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see what I'm saying. Yeah, well, this blue, this blue, was it Dumorite? Dumorite? I can't say it correctly. But, man, that stuff just is some serious, that's some serious business. I've been using it at nighttime to put it in my pillow, and uh, you know, having some really interesting dreams. I had a dream of Karen and Jim and me yesterday. I was in their truck, and they were taking around to look for apartments. Oh, that's because that's what's going to happen. And then it was the department was near a library. It was really interesting, very interesting dream. Oh, was the library a big brick library with a fountain out front? Um, well, it was a big library. I don't know about the fountain, but it was a big library, like an overhang and everything to it. And then, yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely. It, what I understand is that I was jammed in the front seat with you and Jim. I mean, I know there's back seat. <laughs> sure. I'm not yeah, sure why I was in the front seat. <laughs> I'm like, like we're you in a pickup or what, you know? So. We drive around all jammed in the front seat with monkey on our lap, listening to Macklemore. That's what's going to happen. All righty, or Megan Trainer. All okay. right, so there we go, yes. folks. Uh, it is that time. You have managed to while away another two hours on a Thursday evening <laughs> listening to us, and for that we thank you. Thanks everybody for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on yes. XLR. We will be back next week at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. in Illinois, and other times in other flyover states. Y'all have a good week. Good night, and happy good anniversary. Night. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thanks. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.